Welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast, the place for all things kids yoga. My name is Jessica Mujis, and welcome to the show. This week, I'm going to be continuing my Kids Yoga Perspective series with Jody Golda Kamator. And Jody is someone who is a kids yoga pioneer and someone that I dreamed of having on this podcast when I started it. So I'm super thrilled to talk to her today. But first, I just wanted to give you guys a little background. Jody Golda Kamator is the founder of Next Generation Yoga, the first kids yoga studio in the world. Inspired by her background in education, Jody Golda started Next Generation Yoga in 1998 in New York City, a company she operated for 21 years. While in leadership at NGY, Jody Golda developed and implemented school and community-based programs, U.S. and international teacher trainings, and multidimensional online offerings. Of course, she didn't do any of this alone and is proud of the badass teachers, trainers, and team with whom she hired, collaborated, and grew NGY. During her season as CEO of NGY, Jody Golda celebrated many successes, including authoring The Complete Idiot's Guide to Yoga with Kids, receiving multiple features in renowned media sources, starring in yoga videos with Gaim and Comcast On Demand, winning the Kids Yoga Service Award from the National Kids Yoga Conference, and dearest to her heart, leading a volunteer service project in Kenya and certifying 100-plus Africa Yoga Project teachers in next-generation yoga methodology. And yet, Jody Golda recognizes and values the law of change. In May of 2019, she passed the baton and sold Next Generation Yoga. Her passion for mentoring kids' yoga entrepreneurs remains strong. She is the organizer of a non-competitive, like-minded international business group called the Biz of Kids Yoga. Through the Biz of Kids Yoga, Jody Golda provides private and group coaching to kids' yoga and mindfulness professionals. Jody Golda is currently taking a sabbatical and on a world wander overseas. When she's not business coaching, she can be found practicing the art of unwinding, being with nature, learning to juggle, spending quality time with loved ones, and performing random acts of kindness. Her main focus now? Listening to her soul for her next passion project. Jody, welcome to the show. Ah, thanks, Jessica. So appreciated and happy to be here. Now, I, so I wanted to kind of start at the beginning and back in 1998. So when you started Next Generation Yoga, kids yoga was not a thing. It wasn't a trend. So what brought you to kids yoga? How did you find it? Hmm. So thankfully, my parents showed me this to the path. Um, when I was a teenager, my parents were practicing yoga on Fire Island, um, which you may be familiar with, being a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and they were practicing yoga and I was 15 years old summering out on Fire Island and was watching them putting their bodies in these weird positions. And as a teenager, I was like, what are you doing? And I want to try that. And so like most people who try yoga for the first time, I fell in love with it. And that was kind of my initiation to the yoga path. And I was so passionate about it. It stuck with me, like literally from my teenage years up until today. And of course, it's transformed many, many, many times. But um, so that was my introduction to yoga. And then simultaneously, as I was um, preparing to go off to college and choosing a major, um, I was thinking at first I was going to be studying nutrition. And then I did a, um, a senior year project and I started working with kids with Down syndrome. And I got really passionate about this population and, and children in general. And so I studied um, education and, and became a teacher right out of college. So here I am continuing to practice yoga. I'm out of college and I'm a school, school educator in New York City, working with kids with special needs. And again, my mother pops into the story. And um, in my third year of teaching in the classroom, she points out this article that was in Yoga Journal magazine. Um, it, was a, it was an article as well as an advertisement for yoga for the special child with Sonia Sumar. And she was like, Joe, you got to do this. Like, these are your two passions, like kids with special needs and yoga. And so after my third year, right around in 1998, um, when I was on the summer break from teaching, I took this um, 10 day certification program and literally it was like in day one where I was watching Sonia Sumar who lives by Shiva Kami. I was like, Oh my goodness, I want to do this. Like I want to be her. So yeah, that was kind of like my, my, the stepping stones that got me to, um, to the, the gateway of, falling in love with yoga for kids. It was particularly and specifically with kids with special needs. Um, and so I, I realized at the end of those 10 days that I was not wanting to go back into the classroom and that I really wanted to focus my, my time and my energy on, on teaching yoga to kids with special needs. And so I had called my parents and I called the director of the school and I said, I said I'm not going back in the classroom. And I want to teach yoga to kids. And so I had an apartment on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, and it was big enough. It was spacious enough for me to have private lessons. And um, I had no business or marketing skills in my toolbox, but <laughs> I, I, I networked with the kids and the families with whom I was teaching for the last three years. And so those are the ones who I started out with. Those are the ones who came to my apartment. Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of the, the launching pad. Um, I had no idea I was going to become a business. I, I probably didn't even, like, you know, realize I had a business until, you know, I had a conversation with an accountant. He was like, uh, you probably need to file as an LLC. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the, wow. the short version. Right. Yeah, I know that so much goes into that. So to go from that leap from the a classroom teacher and then – starting to teach privately, was it kind of a slow build to the point where you realized like, oh, I could grow this? Yeah. Did it take a lot of time? 
Yeah, I'd like to see it, you know, my career in, in different sort of um, parts. And the first part was two years in my apartment and, um, you know, on 73rd and Columbus Avenue um, in a little brownstone apartment. Um, and I remember, like, I had these private classes, you know, and that was, I knew kids were coming for that. Um, but I also was got to a place where I'm like, you know, I feel like we all have special needs and maybe I could offer group classes at this point. And so again, with zero skills in business or marketing, I, I was like, I think I'll put up a flyer. Like, I think I've seen people do those flyer things. And so I made those little tearaway flyers on like my, you know, my vintage computer, some <laughs> some clip art <laughs> yes, program, you know, yeah totally um in fact the first next generation yoga logo was total clip art funny, but, um and so yeah I put up flyers and like I was offering you know a couple of classes a week and like literally just like nobody would come I would be like the only mm. one and it was it was really really daunting and it was really scary and I was like, man, I think I'm going to need to go back in the classroom. Like I had given up, you know, job security, health insurance, a steady paycheck. And here I am, you know, I've got rent an apartment. I was, I was also, um, in school simultaneously getting my master's, um, degree. And I had some part-time work, um, as well, but I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. Um, but I knew what I was wanting to create like I knew what I had to offer even though no one else that I knew was doing it except for Sonia Sumar and her community like I knew that this was important and needed and so probably about my 10th month in I went to Equinox Fitness on the Upper West Side and um and took a yoga class and and the teacher you know starts the class he's like hello my name is Michael Port." I'm the yoga teacher today, and I just want to introduce myself. I'm also starting my career as a business coach for yoga teachers. And I was like, I have no idea what a business coach is, but that sounds like something that I need, you know? And so I remember I'd gone mm-hmm. home and I had like looked him up on the internet and, um, and yeah. And so I, I scrambled through my savings and I found money and I hired Michael and Michael actually helped me. I worked with him for about a year. Um, and he helped me to get a website. He helped me to grow my classes. He helped me to organize marketing materials. He helped me, um, through getting a website. I was founded by McMillan to co-author the Completed Guide to Yoga for Kids. So this was all like in the first pretty much two years. Um, and, and from the, what I learned and, and the work I was doing with Michael, like I built classes and they, you know, anywhere between four and six kids in the class and I would do a family private and to the point where actually I couldn't grow what was my business even though I was like this is not a business right um <laughs> but I had grown the business so much at at that time my part that I couldn't grow anymore I couldn't offer like you know group family classes I couldn't do I was like interested in birthday parties I couldn't offer that like so we couldn't grow anymore um and so at that point in the year 2000, that's when I um, started to look for um, an actual brick and mortar official yoga studio. Um, and that and that was when I opened the first official kids yoga studio um, in the world. 
That's so... Isn't that amazing? You opened the first kids yoga studio in the world. <laughs> I know. It's such a, it's such a beautiful thing. And, and actually, you know, I look back on my career and you know how it is. Like when you're in it, you don't really even realize like how precious and how, yeah, I, 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 this is something that I've told many people to do. It's like stop and look at your life from a bird's eye view and like see what you've created, see what you've created as a parent, see what you've created as, a, as an educator, as a teacher you know, the impact that you make in the community. And it's just kind of like, wow. So yeah, I, I've done that. I haven't done it recently, but um, yeah, it's a pretty cool credential to have opening up the first yoga studio in the world. Absolutely. <laughs> and when you were, you were talking about um, when you were first starting and you had your business mentor, what was his name again? It was, yeah, his name is worth repeating. His name is Michael Port. Okay. So um, Michael Port. And now I know that you're focused on the biz of kids yoga and mentoring other kids yoga, small business owners. Do you feel like what you learned from him or kind of his um, presence in your life, did that contribute to what you're doing today? Yeah, it's such a great question. Um, absolutely. I mean, I never, ever that in a million years would be where I am with having 21 successful years, making six figures, having influenced lives all over the world um, and selling a business, I wouldn't be, you know, where I am now, like on sabbatical, um, had it not been for, for Michael. And what I learned from Michael, you know, the business skills is, is what I still teach today. Um, but the biggest thing that I learned is like, we need, we need mentors. And we need coaches. And so I've always had um, a business mentor as long as I had NGY. Um, I currently don't have a business mentor. So I'm, I'm not currently um, hustling a business right now or working a business right now. But, yeah, I've always had business coaches and mentors and um, people who have helped me along the way. Yeah, and it's just so the kids' yoga world, like starting your own business – um, it can be so daunting because it's, it's just kind of this open, this wide open space. And I think a lot of times people don't even know where to start. Um, now that you've kind of met, you've been mentoring people and you've had, you have a successful business for 21 years. Are there any, um, common mistakes that you see new business owners making or, you know, any kind of themes that you've seen, um, a little piece of advice you might offer new business owners? Yeah, it's a good question. So one of them is, um, and I really appreciate that you're naming um, kids yoga teachers as business owners, because if, if you're actually providing a service and, and collecting money and, and there's an exchange there, like you actually have a business. And that's like the number one thing that I think I often see is that kids yoga teachers don't see themselves as business owners. I resisted it. I'm telling you, like I resisted it for a good amount of time until I had a conversation with an accountant. He was like, yeah, you've got a business going on. Like you, you need to like get the separate business checking account file. I filed as an LLC way back then. Um, and to take the professional steps. Um, but really, it's actually the ownership of being 
a solo professional, being a solo entrepreneur, of being a business owner, that is so hard for so many people. Um, it's a, you know, it's a worthiness conversation. It's a, I don't want to have a business. I just want to teach yoga. You know, it's, it's a lot, it's many layers. Um, I don't know anything about business, you know? So, but I think it's just like recognizing that like, Hey, if you want to do this meaningful work that you love to do, um, and actually make money doing it, whether you want to do it part-time, whether you want to do it full-time, whether you just want to like work for a nonprofit and, you know, donate your services, that's enough. That's amazing. But like primarily like showing up and doing the things um, that are essential to um, being organized, being professional, um, having long lasting relationships and, and building um, early on to not let it like not to not wait, you know, six years and then start, you know, paying attention to your finances. To not wait, you know, three years and then start building an email list. So it's like early on, really start to put these little um, uh, important pieces in place. Um, and um, I wrote an ebook um, called I'm Certified Now What? And it gives you like the 10 steps of things to do um, to, to get you started up. Like, and I get it it's so overwhelming and it's like, where do I start? And I don't want a business or, you know, I just want to teach yoga. So. Um, yeah. That's and that's, no, that's so super helpful. Cause I think, you know, a lot of people, I think probably most people, they get into kids yoga because they just love it. I mean, if yeah. it's, you're not getting into kids yoga to make money or, you know, or to, it's, it's kind of like, you get into it because you have a passion for it. And then if you decide you want it to be a career, it's, it's not an easy path because it's not a clear path right now. Um, so totally, I think that's so amazing for anyone listening to here who's just starting out to, to take these steps early on. It's huge. I think it could, you know, it makes a huge difference. And, like what you said about worthiness, I think that's a big part of it um, for a lot of people. I know for me, it's like, oh, but, you know, I just want to do this. Like, I, I, I don't want to run, I can't run a business. I don't know how to do that. But, you know, to have a mentor like you, you know, someone who's been in it for so long and can offer that knowledge and get you organized, um, I think that's so important. I saw, I was looking on... Um, I was reading about the biz of kids yoga and I saw, um, you, you mentioned being a yoga entrepreneur and what that means exactly. So what is the difference between being a yoga teacher and then versus a yoga entrepreneur? Yeah. Yeah. Um, great question. And this is really, again, what we, what we dig into first is some of the group programs, um, that I've facilitated. Um, because knowing the difference between being a yoga teacher and being a yoga entrepreneur and when we wear these different hats. Um, so as you're saying, and, and, and total agreement is like most people get into kids yoga because they have a passion for it and they just want to teach and they love kids and yoga. 
And so when you go to schools or when you go to a yoga studio or you go to a private home or run a birthday party and you're wearing the hat of a yoga teacher, like that's really when you're being the kid's yoga teacher. And that's when you're being creative. That's when you're being, you know, animated, expressed and, and playful and, and you're in your teacher mode, right? Which is super important. Like that's what you went to, you know, yoga teacher training for. And then there's the role of being the yoga entrepreneur. And this is the role, the hat that we wear when we are um, doing billing and invoicing, when we're doing our social media posts, when we're um, writing a blog post or um, doing any sort of marketing. Um, so it's more of the business side of things. And you can imagine that, you know, a lot of people enjoy the first hat a lot more. It's like, you know, it's, easy it's like their general it's their natural um you know go-to and then the other hat is a little bit more like it's just like it doesn't quite fit (laughs) always Mm -hmm. no I know plenty I know plenty of very successful um kids yoga teachers who are naturally gifted with the entrepreneur side um and and I also I I just like really want to name and like have your listeners to really get that like I had zero business background like zero like I didn't go to school for it I actually I was talking to my dad today and and he's um he was an entrepreneur himself and I told him I was like you know I had it had it in my blood but I didn't get educated in it um but I got you know a mentor and so I'm living proof that like if I could do it like as a special ed teacher who had no you know training and did what I did with the kids yoga business like anybody can do it that's really my belief Mm. yeah that's that's so inspiring to know because you know you see what we see is you running this hugely successful kids yoga business and you don't realize like what went into it and what was behind it. Um, now when it comes to, so hiring teachers is where I want to go next. So like, say once you, you have a kid's yoga business and it's starting to grow and you realize, Oh, I can't teach all these classes because you know, maybe there's interest at the same time. Do you have any words of wisdom on how to find good teachers? Like what kind of qualities you look for? Yeah, I actually ran a um, a webinar on this topic, and it was super juicy because when you get to that place of like, I can't be in two places at once, you know, and you've got, you know, you're teaching a studio and, and the school wants you to come and teach there or vice versa, and, you know, you realize like there's actually a demand for your, for your services. It's exciting, and you have two choices. You have the opportunity to to like say, Hey, I'm not going to grow in that direction. I just want to keep it me, myself and I, and I want to do all the teaching or you can bring on, um, you know, another teacher or two. And I've worked with so many kids of entrepreneurs and helping them to grow their business successfully in this way, because it is an art. And, um, when you start to grow and you start to, um, what's called scaling your business scaling, meaning like, you can be earning income from multiple directions at one time. And so like you could be teaching and then you could have 
two other teachers at the same time, or you can be home with your kids and your teachers can be out teaching. So it's, it's, you know, growing your business beyond just you. Um, and it's a really, it's, it's a very important time of the business that must be done skillfully. And, you know, yeah, there's thankfully an abundant, <laughs> mostly um, an abundance of kids yoga teachers out there, especially, um, as there are more and more um, teacher trainings popping up, people are getting certified. And um, so, so one, one way to find like quality um, teachers who are, who are certified and who have gone through trainings and who are, you know, skilled at what they do is to network with your community. Um, particularly if you're living in a, in a, in a town or a city where you went through teacher training um, I would go to your cohort to, you know, get the email list out of the people with whom you graduated with. Um, I would also do um, some networking with um, local yoga studios, um, particularly, again, you know, obviously you want to have people who are trained in working with children, not just adults, um, but that's another avenue. But also, you know, going to the store. So if you, for example, live in, um, I'm making this up, but if you live in San Francisco and you took a teacher training um, at, you know, such and such yoga studio, I would not only go to your your direct cohort, but go to the um, organization with whom you trained and, you know, work with them and see if they can help you to find other teachers. And so I'm, I'm a big believer in there are enough kids in the world and there are enough opportunities that it shouldn't ever feel competitive. Um, so to, to use your network um, and finding people who are trained, who are um, enthusiastic um, I, I'm also a believer of like sending out an email blast or doing social media posts. Um, and, and what this says also is it gets people like knowing about you and, and what you do. Um, so I know there could be the tendency to feel vulnerable about being like, I'm hiring, I'm looking for a teacher. Sometimes, you know, that feels uncomfortable to people, but it's actually like, it's a really powerful um, position to be in as well. They're like, yeah, I'm, I'm hiring. I'm in, I'm in the growth phase of my, my business and, um, I'm looking for this, this, and this. So really being clear on, on who you're looking for. And, um, and then from there, if I could just share, like, you know, once you have your teachers and, and like, it's so important to sort of initiate them into your business. So maybe they've trained at the same um, school as you, but maybe they haven't. And so then you'll want to really um, educate them and train them in sort of your brand. Um, I always, you know, I've worked with um, kids yoga entrepreneurs in, in developing a, a teacher handbook um, with an orientation and sort of like how to, how to support and how to like nurture the relationship that you'll have with your teachers because this is your, this is your team. This is your family. These are the people who are going to be showing up um, and you want them to be showing up um, representing you and proud and loyal. So you want to treat them really well. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And the, the, the thing right now, I think everyone is aware of how much teachers do because we are in this current situation in a global pandemic and kids are home and parents are teaching and they're kind of like, wow, we never realized, you know, how much teachers do. Um, and as kids yoga teachers, I think, you know, they're, we're very dedicated and we really care about what we're doing. And as you said, like if you're hiring teachers, um, just to make sure that you're taking care of them. Cause that's, I mean, that's, that's it. The, the teaching, the teachers that are in the room are, are what your business is and what you're trying to do. When, when you started next generation yoga and you were in, in the city and you, you had your studio were you teaching most of the classes or was that the point at which you started to hire teachers? Yeah. So in 2000, when I opened up the first studio, um, I was doing everything. Like I was, I put on the schedule, I think it was 25 classes a week. Um, I oh. was, I know. Oh, wow. Right. I was, <laughs> That's a lot I was of teaching as a lot of classes and I was doing the thing where I would teach for, you know, four kids at a time, which is not, horrible you know because you know four kids is like 12 adults um energetically um but I was I was teaching I was answering the phone I was doing the bookkeeping I was cleaning the studio floors I was doing the registration I was doing everything and I quickly quickly just learned that that was super not sustainable not for my you know my health not for my passion not for you know, the community. And so I learned early on that delegation is key. And, and this goes back to like, if there are parts of the business that you are not skilled at or don't want to do, like, you know, the bookkeeping or the social media, like there's people who are experts at that. And so when I realized that like, okay, I need to not be doing everything. Like, yes, that is when I started to, um, well, the first, the first thing that came is people were asking me, um, to teach them how to teach yoga to kids. And so I, I developed the teacher training. Um, and then from that place, I hired teachers. Um, so I think I did it for about a year. And then in 2001 is when I led the first training. Um, and then got some more teachers on board because doing everything is not a good idea. I know. I, and I think, I mean, I've made that mistake. I think probably most people have. I mean, you have to do it, I think, to, to, to learn that lesson. But when you are so depleted and drained, it's just, like you said, it's not good for you. It's not good for the community. Um, and sometimes letting go a little bit can feel hard, but so important. Um, when you were kind of in that, the height of the, the busyness of running the studio and, um, things were picking up, what did your self-care look like? I know, I know at that point, self-care wasn't this buzzword that it is now. Um, but did you have ways that you took care of yourself in order to, you know, keep things going and to be kind to yourself? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I tend to, especially, you know, in the last 10 years, I definitely have been high on the self-care um, mountaintop. It's been a big, big part of my life. But I remember, you know, back then, um, I had a dog at the time. So I was, my studio, 
my apartment was on 73rd and Columbus. My studio was on 72nd and Broadway. So those were like, you know, a block, and block, two blocks away from each other. And I had a dog mm-hmm. at the time, which I, I had just gotten, um, like during the early years, the early time of my career. And then, so Central Park was right there. And I remember like getting out and, um, being in the park with my dog and the dog community was a big, big, big part of my, um, cleansing of the mind and walking. Um, so I definitely felt like that was, um, important for me, um, and then, of course, you know, I'm going to yoga classes. But I remember I would go to yoga classes and I'd be like, you know, in a, in a adult class and I'd be like in warrior two. And I'd be like, this is pose, you know, like that's kind of how my yes. brain was yeah. working. And it was kind of not, but it was cool because I was an excited entrepreneur at the time. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I've got a dog here in the city, so I know the, yeah. the dog community very well it's, yeah. it really is like it's so nice it's such a um they have off-leash hours I'm near yeah. Riverside Park so mm-hmm. you bring your dog before nine and yeah, yeah. You, you kind of have people you talk to and totally yeah it's a highlight for sure yeah and so then when so how long was did you have the studio and then when did you make that move from the east coast to the west coast mm-hmm. so um I had the first studio, which was um, designed based on the Wizard of Oz. It was super amazing. Um, and then in 2003, things were going really well, like really, really, really well. I was running teacher trainings every month, and they were, had like 20 people in them from all over the world. And in 2003, I opened up a second studio in that same building. Um, and then when 2005 came around um, – I, how old was I? I think I was, I was just turning 30 and I was realizing, so I've been five years, seven years in the business, five years going into studios. And I was like, I need a freaking break. Um, <laughs> and so I, um, I took myself to Africa and an opportunity to teach, um, kids yoga and a, and a family yoga and dolphin retreat there. Um, but I went to Africa and I, and I did a lot of yoga spontaneously with kids there. And I, I realized that my goodness, like I don't want to be a studio owner anymore. And so it was like this wake up call to me to be, um, you know, over in like this wild part of our world and to do yoga with kids and realize that my mission was was bigger than, than a brick and mortar. Um, and so when I got back to the States and, and it took me probably about, um, six months or so. Um, and I, I listened in and I followed my truth and I closed the studios and it was a good, uh, lesson of non-attachment. And so from that, from that place, the model of next generation yoga really shifted from being a brick and mortar and everybody coming to this place to now being more of a, um, um, going to other studios, um, to offer classes, schools, private homes. And then also that's when I began to travel with the teacher trainings to other cities as well. So at that point I realized I was like, wow, I could live anywhere. Like I, I actually had a lot more teachers, um, running the classes. I was doing 
you know, a few, but I was mostly running teacher trainings and traveling. And I was like, I could live anywhere. And my heart was saying like, time to leave New York City. So I believe it was about 2007 um, when I left Manhattan and kept the, the the program running in Manhattan. I wasn't there, but there was, you know, we still had the school contract and some private home classes happening. And then I moved to San Diego and there I started up some school programs and it really started to grow. Next Generation Yoga we started up there, um, our teacher community and our lesson plan club. And um, yeah, so that's kind of when I moved from east to west. And um, I was like, nice to have a location independent. Yeah, that's amazing to, to mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. have that freedom. And so then you're running the business from there and it's changing and growing. And then, so then once you're 21 years in, mm-hmm. how, what, what kind of led you? And it is, I feel like the theme here is that you kind of listen to yourself and yeah. you listen to your intuition. Um, but kind of what led you to deciding after all this time that it was time to sell the business? Yeah. So after living in uh, San Diego in Southern California for about six years, um, I moved up to San Francisco and um, that was actually, it's funny because I actually, I, as soon as I got to San Francisco, I went to a business coaching event um, and it was in March and I think I got my tax return while I was in that, that event. And I remember looking at my numbers being like, yeah, I'm doing well financially. I need to start offering business coaching. It was like such a like, okay, why am I not doing this? And so, um, that was about seven years ago. And, um, yeah, so right when I got to the Bay Area, I started doing business coaching privately. And then I, I developed an online course that was more group coaching. And, um, and so, as I'm doing more business coaching and I'm teaching less and less kids yoga classes, at this point, I had also started to scale um, our trainer team and started to offer a train the trainer where I actually had other people um, traveling to different cities offering the NGY teacher training. And so I found myself, like, again, having this time, location, freedom where I can live and work from anywhere um, in the world. And, and I was doing more and more business coaching and I was really loving it. And, you know, and I'm, and I'm CEOing in GY. And so I, I loved the company up until the day I transitioned in. And I still love the company and what it's offering and, and how it gives people, um, particularly through trainings, it gives people joy and, and, um, passion, um, teaching opportunities. And so there was nothing wrong with, with the business. I just got to a place where I felt like I had sort of reached my limit of what I could do with it. I had done so much with it from the studios to the teacher trainings to the, you know, retreats and the birthday parties and the special events and the books and the videos and the licensing and the curriculum. And so I'd done like all the things 
And I just realized, I was like, I feel like someone else can really take it to the next level. And that my passion, which I'm still, I'm, 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 I'm still discovering that. I'm still um, figuring out what that is, but that I can use my creativity and my passion towards something new. And um, so, yeah, it was, you know, we fast forward all the way to 2019 and um, it's actually just almost um, a year ago um, I had found the right and perfect buyer to um, take leadership of Next Generation Yoga. Was it hard to let go or at that point were you kind of like this is I'm ready for this and it this feels right? Yeah, if I'm completely honest it's both um, I think, mm-hmm. we, you know, and this is a lot of what I'm, what I'm discovering about myself now is who am I without this identity of being a leader in an industry and, um, owner of a, of a successful international company. And, you know, who am I if I'm not a team leader and, you know, making an impact on people's lives? Like, who am I? And so to that extent, it's like, yeah, letting, letting go of this main identity. Um, and then of course there's like passing along my baby to someone else, yeah. and doing, you know, yeah. wonderful, wonderful things. With it. And I'm so, so, so happy that it's in Amy Lee's hands right now. And, um, so yeah, I mean the obvious, like, Oh my God, my baby, you know, and just sort of like the natural <laughs> yes. egoic things that we go through. But, you know, at the same time, I was really, really ready. I was ready probably Jessica for like, several years um Mm -hmm. and it took me it took me at least five or six years to be you know I was like preparing myself you know it was like at first when I realized I'm like I think I want to sell the business like I would tell my dad and he's like you're crazy but I was crying about it I was like I don't know like you know but but you know I prepared myself emotionally for it as well so yeah yeah. No, I mean, that's so honest and, and just kind of refreshing to hear because that obviously that's not an easy decision, but I mean, you really are a, a pioneer in so many ways. And, you know, not only starting the first kids yoga studio, but then also then the way you grew your business is kind of the way that kids yoga businesses are growing now, you know, to offer teacher trainings, to offer I mean, you started online trainings way ahead. Now that's a huge thing, especially now in our current state where we're, you know, we're all kind of virtual um, at this moment. So um, I'm just excited to see what you do next because, you know, you and I, I, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, it's, it's, and it's, it's really cool. I know you're, you're talking to me from, you're in Maui, right? You're in I'm currently Maui. Maui. Yeah. With, um, I yes. India and then when the pandemic broke out I um I came back to the states but I got to land in the magnificent Maui right so we might if you heard any birds throughout there yeah there they are (laughs) um well before we come to our our final question that I always ask um I just was curious about now that you're kind of so that shift from teaching kids to then mentoring adults for you has have you found is it 
a similar passion for you? Is it, um, or is it completely different? Like, how is that? How do those two things compare? Yeah. I mean, it's funny. It's like, I was an epic school teacher. Like I was a really good classroom teacher. And I say this like with a healthy dose of bragging, like not to make anyone jealous, <laughs> but like knowing my skills, but I was a freaking badass kids yoga teacher. Like there's something gifted in my, in my system that really knows how to connect with kids. And, um, and it's funny cause I'm not a parent and, and I'm most likely not going to be having kids in this lifetime. And, but I, I really like knew how to, to, um, educate and engage. So sort of, um, edutain kids through yoga. Um, and then, you know, obviously doing that through yoga teacher training as well. Um, and, you know, I have a really big, place in my heart for personal growth and um, development. And so I, I find that like business is not separate from um, personal development work in the world. And so I, I do feel like my, my passion for supporting and working with um, adults and mentoring them in the business, but also, um, in, in life is, um, really like spot on for me. It's a very natural, um, skill set that I have. And, um, any reading, any, I mean, if you want to get woo, like any sort of astrology reading I get, like, it's always like, you are a natural teacher. You are supposed to be teaching and mentoring. And, um, and I feel mm-hmm. it. It's just kind of, you know, um, what I feel like is my natural set of gifts. And so, yeah, I, I don't currently miss teaching kids. I feel like I've, I've outgrown that phase and, um, I am, I have a few select, um, amazing kids yoga entrepreneurs that I am privately working with right now, even while on sabbatical. And, you know, it's a very interesting time to be <laughs> in business as a kids yoga entrepreneur. And, um, yes. Yeah. And so I, I absolutely love, um, being a business coach and a, a mentor. Um, and, and just, you know, one last thing I think that I really, um, enjoy is that like 21 years in an industry and in a, in a field and a niche, like I know, um, I know the, the, the thoughts, the questions, the, the, de- the self doubt, the, the way, the ways of a kids yoga teacher. Like I really, really get it. And so that's why I'm here. Like right now, while I'm not actively uh, marketing and, and pursuing to grow this, this um, part of my, my life as a business coach, but if there are people out there who are listening and who feel like they can get, um, you know, value from a call or a session or, you know, a couple of months working with me, like, if it's the right fit, I will absolutely work with people because I feel like I have gifts to share and lessons that I've learned that it just makes it easier for people. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll get at the end. I definitely want you to share all your, your contact info. Cause I'm sure many people um, would love to get in touch. Um, but before we do that, I, I love to end the episodes with little kids yoga gems yeah. So just 
if you can offer someone who is just starting to teach kids yoga one piece of advice, what would that be? Follow your heart. Do you. You know, it's good to do market research and see what else is out there, but really, you know, create from from your authentic self. And that's magnetic. Hmm. That's really good. <laughs> you hit me with that one. <laughs> oh, you're it doing it, Charlie, with, with the podcast. You're totally doing it. Oh, thank you. I, I'm yeah. so happy that you were able to do this and, and talk with me. And if people want to um, get in touch with you to learn more or anything, where can they find you? Uh, thank you so much for having me and for the opportunity to share a bit about my journey and um, so great to connect with you and happy to connect with anyone who is on the path um, who feels like, again, if it's just a conversation or um, an email, however I can be of service. Um, so I'm, I'm really minimalistic right now. I don't have a website. <laughs> um, you can find some information um, about what I've done with the Biz of Kids Yoga. Um, it's all housed right now on nextgenerationyoga.com, but you can also go to thebizofkidsyoga.com. Um, everything really needs to be updated, but as I've shared, I am on sabbatical and um, and sort of getting clear on how I want to rebrand myself. Um, so yes, you can find information about thebizofkidsyoga.com. Um, you can email me at jgac at jodygolda.com and Facebook, Jody Golda Commodore. Um, yeah, or, or give me a call on 917-863-8494. I'm not afraid to put my phone number out there. Like, yeah, let's kind of... I love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, again... Thank you so much. And as I said at the beginning, it's um, really an honor to be able to have you on here and to share your wisdom. And I know so many people listening are going to benefit from this. So thank you. Enjoy your time in that beautiful place. And I can't wait to see what happens next. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. We'll talk soon. Namaste. Namaste. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would so appreciate your support. You can simply rate and review. You can subscribe. Click that subscribe button and you will hear a new podcast every Thursday right on your feed. You can also email me, thekidsyogapodcast at gmail.com and give me a follow on social media, thekidsyogapodcast on both Instagram and Facebook. All of these things really help support the podcast and get it out there so that I can continue to make more. And there are my children that need me. (laughs) Namaste, everybody.